Wolves fans. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. It's been a long summer yeah. of quiet. Wish it wouldn't have went as quiet as it did, but it's it's a good it was a good break, really, I guess. It really was a good break. You needed it more than me, obviously. I'm yeah. working my steady shifts no matter what, but you had a little crazy, what, two months stretch or whatever it was? Yep. Here's a pro tip, Wolves fans. Don't work six days a week. Regardless of what's going to happen at the end, don't do it. It's a trap. It's a trap. It was worth it. Like, I got a promotion. I got a raise. but And I got the shifts I want now. But at what cost? <laughs> the cost of a summer of not greatness. But but we're coming back. We're going to be doing every other week. And then once the Wolves season starts, I'd like to dive into every week, just given that the games are going to be happening, happening at such a fast pace that we're going to have stuff to cover. And I'm going to want to. So yeah, one thing I'm going to invest in, and I'll let you know, and I'll let the listeners know too, is I want to invest in some sort of product that chops the games or condenses them down mm-hmm. so then I can watch them that way. Because I don't mind why wa- I like watching them live still, Same. but it just much. saves you so much time. It well, really and sometimes does. Sometimes there's stuff you want to go back and rewatch and like if you have to skip through everything and like add in little weird commercial breaks and stuff, yeah. To watch a condensed version of it is nice and it's tough because the nba highlight page on youtube really only gets the offensive highlights it doesn't oh, sure. it doesn't really get unless much it's of a defense standout ones. defensive play it's all just offense mm-hmm. which i don't think we'll see much of this season with the wolves we'll see some improvement on the mm-hmm. defensive end I but we're gonna be we'll have a couple of plays but like it's just what is a standout play is it a simple block no it's when cat emphatically swats it and it goes into the third row of the you know in the seats you know what I mean? Like, it has to be, like, it's not just a block where he blocks it and the ball stays in play. Unless he blocks, like, a dunk attempt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, there has to be more behind it than just, like, a simple block or a steal that leads to transition. You'll see some of those more often, actually, though. I just started, like, creating this own montage in my head of a slimmed-down cat, because that's what I think he's been doing this offseason, improving on the defensive end. I think if he becomes a little more quick, he looks so heavy-footed sometimes, like Nas on defense. Where yeah. If he's slimming down... Which Nas is also slimmed down again, second uh-huh. offseason. Really Wait, cute. can that dude get any more slim? He's pretty skinny as it is. Nas, he's really he's just, tall. He I, he can still afford, I think... I mean, it, it's a fine line, obviously. He can still afford to lose a little bit more muscle. He doesn't get pushed around by anybody. I mean, a, because we don't put him in defensive situations where he would. Like, we don't ever have him guarding, you know, Joel Embiid. Chris Finch did a Q&A with the... Or, it was on The Athletic. Um, I don't know if you read either i think it was a two-part q a no, i never they mentioned this. something in there about Nas is always on the floor like in a bad way like he's always falling to the floor he's so uncoordinated yeah they're like that needs to stop that needs to be the one improvement for him is stay on your feet yep <laughs> yeah okay so this is a super long intro let's it is to, let's cut to the music okay I mean, we did cut to the music, but we forgot to hit him with one thing. I, I was going to wait. I was going to maybe try to do it subtly and just go, you know, just a little slip it in there. Uh, don't worry, folks. That's a diamond do for me. And a giant can of Arizona juice for me. But you do have a new koozie. Uh, do you want to describe that koozie for them? 
Yeah. Um, shout out to my girlfriend, Abby, for getting me this. It's a lovely 12-ounce can koozie. Not meant for an Arizona school. Not meant for the large size of an 8-inch Arizona can. But it's got blue glitter on it and like, the new Timberwolves logo. From a distance, it looks more bedazzled. When you're up close, you know it's more glitter, but I, it's flashy. We'll go with flashy. We'll go with flashy. It's very flashy. Well, I'm not. It's got pizzazz. At all. I have multiple pink no. can koozies. I don't care. I'm a little slightly jealous. That a stands a little a more than mine. It's flashy, like the wolves are going to be this year. Packs a lot of punch. Catches your eye, like the wolves will this season. When we're gunning for that seventh seed in the West. All right, so a little quick little, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little recap of the offseason so far. I mean, the last time we had one that aired, uh, we were talking about the NBA Finals. (laughs) And that was like mid-July. Yeah. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been over two months, probably. Looks like July 9th is when it was posted. So yeah, it's been a while. Um. So yeah, and then and then we'll do a little bit of Wolves hype because while we're not there quite yet, we're approaching the end of the off season. Um, most things are done. Some things are not quite, but we can we'll touch on that. Um, and then, yeah, just I mean, Greg and I we were hanging out yesterday, and we were both pretty amped to to do this podcast. And yeah, we're coming we're coming over. back. This is going to carry into the season because there's a lot to look forward to that we're going to touch on. So I'm excited to be back. I know you're excited to be back on the new schedule myself so this is hopefully gonna stick and we're gonna be doing every other week until we get to the regular season so and in case you're listening uh t-rex you are our first guest scheduled although nice. you might have to you might have to be with joe so that's you might have to deal with that but that's a separate point anyways cool. you're on our minds don't worry yep and so are you remaining fans we're gonna keep having listeners on throughout the season some guests because we like doing that me and tyler just it gets more people in here more takes then you don't have to just listen to us talk to each other all day long <laughs> Um, screw it. I'm putting it out there. We're going to try at some point because we just discussed this and haven't made any actual plans. We're going to try to do a, a live Wolves game podcast. So we're going to watch a game and I'd like to have a guest for that at some point in time. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Anyways, getting back to the Wolves off season, we had a couple trades that weren't huge, but I think they're going to have some sort of impact or oh, they're they going to have, have an impact whether it's during the regular season or to be future pieces down the road for a one Ben Simmons, potentially. Um, I don't know how much I'm on that train as it stands, but these trades still happen. And I honestly, I feel overall pretty good about them. The first one I'm talking about is us trading Ricky Rubio to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And in return, we got Taurine Prince, some cash considerations and a 2022 second round pick. And I know those cash considerations are they're paying part of his salary for this year. Um, so Rubio? No, they're paying Prince. part of Prince's salary. So it, it was a little bit even more of a of a less early. It didn't impact our salary cap as much as it would have. Gotcha. Um, overall, this helps fill out that power forward position that we've been wait, wait, wait. desperately no. trying First to. First off, hmm. if this was the only trade they did, this is a bad trade for the Wolves. For sure. But they also made a second trade, so it makes more sense. But yeah, it, it helps kind of fill out our power forward spot. I've heard with, a lot of with some vet experience with somebody who kind of fills in gaps that we want. Torian Prince isn't an amazing player. I think he's an average player by yeah, means. But he's but like a career thirty-eight or thirty-nine percent three-point shooter. Correct. So he does bring some good. stretchiness, and that's what we want. Certainly, Hernan Gomez was not bringing that, and that kind of gets into well, the second yeah, trade the eventually. Second trade. But I, I know. Um, but yeah, on paper alone, this trade is really not that great because I like Ricky in our system. I thought he brought no, some good I stuff. No, I don't like Ricky system. in our system. I do. 
the reason why I don't is because we don't use him as our second unit point guard. We use him alongside our first unit. So he's playing with D'Lo, but the problem is he needs the ball in his hands to be the like the maximum effectiveness of Ricky Rubio. He has the ball in his hands. The maximum the maximum effectiveness of or I'm sorry of I said Rubio. No, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyways, D'Lo is also very good with the ball in his hands. But when you know you don't have to guard Rubio on the three-point line, it changes how you have to guard him. And it means, like, everyone just, hey, stick tight to your dudes, and that's it. Because we don't have to guard him on the three-point line. I know. I, I was more saying that I like uh, Rubio as our second point guard coming off the bench. I know that's not how we were utilizing him. I mean, we were, but I, he came. He was first one in, and he played a lot of minutes alongside D'Lo. He was more of a hybrid. He was end. playing um, weird rotations, kind of fitting in with everybody. And, I mean, it worked for what it was. It just, like you said, it wasn't great because we weren't getting the maximum potential out of D'Lo out of how much offense we put up in general like I think uh, I was reading another article in the athletic and last season I don't know it, it was probably for a stretch of games we were averaging 120 points per possession you know who was right below us at 119.8 points per 100 possessions I do not know but I wouldn't be surprised the, Nets. the Nets yeah because so we like... were pretty freaking great on offense last year um, but again, that just shows we could have even been better because Ru- I do like Rubio. There's bias in there when I say that, obviously, too. Um, but I think I think this is a good trade overall compared or in uh, in tandem with that second trade that yeah. we made. And that's what I'm saying. Part of the part of this trade is I like it because of what happened with the second trade. You want to go over that one? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can obviously not after we say it, then we can kind of talk about why certain things are better and whatnot. So, yeah. So the reason that we think this trade is fairly good overall is because of the second trade that came uh, let's see this one was july 29th the first trade with uh Torin prince and ricky rubio that's when that happened and then august 25th a little less than a month later we traded Jarrett culver and wancho Hernan gomez to the memphis grizzlies for patrick beverly memphis also received a trade exception because they took back a little bit more money correct um so this trade has worked out nice because wancho is not a good defensive player. And last year he shot the ball from three very poorly. Not to say he can't bounce back and be a, a above average three point shooter again. Cause he's always he been will. so streaky. Yeah. Even with us, that was the issue. It's like there were games, there was a stretch of games where he was actually playing really well. And he actually kind of cuts and attacks the rim mm-hmm. really well too. That was a weird thing of his game that I didn't know he really did. And yeah, he did it pretty well. Uh-huh. But when that's also kind of a streaky part to your game and you're not providing a lot of defense, well, then it's like, well, then your ability to stretch the floor becomes more important and when you can't do that then you're just a a serviceable bench player so we really. literally Torian prince is literally just a better version on it for a winning team of what wancho brings because he's like what i said he's like a 38 or 39 percent career three-point shooter um he's he's had seasons above 40 he plays way better defense now that's not to say his defense and this is the part that like i've heard things about his defense that are like a little bit sketchy he doesn't guard bigs and he can only guard threes he can't guard twos or ones but, like, Wancho can't guard anybody, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's an upgrade because of that. Mm-hmm. Even I, if your defense is slightly better and probably good when he's guarding threes, just given his body type and his build, um, that's better than well, what we had in Macho. Like, and see, this is going off the, the the more standard traditional model where fours are actual power forwards. Like, fours are John Collins. He can't guard John Collins, but he can guard threes that play the four. So, like, he's going to have some, some more use with that. Um, the biggest part of the, about this, though, is we got Patrick Beverly – which everyone can say right now, and I would agree with him. Ricky Rubio is a better player right now than Patrick Beverly. However, Patrick Beverly fits what our team needs a lot more than Ricky Rubio does. We don't need a ball-dominant guard 
to play alongside to play alongside D'Lo. We need a great catch and shooter, great catch and shoot guy, which is exactly what Patrick Beverly is, who can defend even better than Rubio, which he's a better on ball defender, and also who can provide veteran leadership. Did you know that Patrick Beverly has made the playoffs every single season of his of his NBA career? Yeah, I mean it's not necessarily because of him, but he's been there. He's seen some stuff. Well, and yeah, that just gives so much credit to the amount of knowledge and veteran leadership that he can bring yeah. our team. No, granted, um, I, I don't want to overshadow this because Ricky Rubio was a great veteran. Like, listen to any Ant press conference from last year, and you will see how much he loved playing with Rubio and how much Rubio affected his growth that first year. But I think Pat Bev is just going to bring a different type of that and what we need, more of that dog mentality. Ricky Rubio has more of like that mentor-teacher mentality, um, not necessarily like the dog-fighting asshole mentality that we kind of want and need on defense but having said that what is more valuable to ants development right now probably the mentor leader one yeah which i'm glad he got a year of that but with ricky rubio what's more important to cat's mentality or to cat's development because he's still developing as much as we want to say he's oh he's been in the league for seven years and blah, blah blah yes that's true or six years it is now but whatever but i i would still just argue he needs to get tougher Patrick Beverly can do that for sure. And if he can inspire something like that, where just they're playing on the floor together, and he's like, that's a dog out there. I'm playing with somebody that inspires him to maybe play more aggressively and actually care about defense more. Mm-hmm. That would be great. I'm, I'm hoping he has the impact that we kind of thought Jimmy Butler might have on him. I hope he has a big impact on McDaniels and his defense. Um, Cause I'd like to see some rotations with McDaniels and Prince out there. If, if Prince can guard the threes, we can have McDaniels at the four and he's just so versatile that, I I can't wait to see this season for him because Ant took a huge leap last season. I'm not saying that he won't this season. I'm sure he will again, but I want to see McDaniels take a big leap. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to add as well. So Ricky Rubio throughout his career has been known as a more of a pick and roll point guard. Patrick Beverly the last two years has better pick and roll. Like points per possession are better for Patrick Beverly running the pick and roll than they are for Ricky Rubio. Part of that, I know for a fact, is because Patrick Beverly did that more against bench units than Ricky Rubio did. Because Ricky Rubio, like, like we already said, his rotations, he, he was kind of everywhere, but he was with a lot of starters. and they So he would be against better defenders, typically. Um, I know that impacts it, so like you know, take it with that small grain of salt. But Patrick Beverly isn't a complete bum. He can do some things that Rubio could do. Um, he can shoot. He's a, so much of a better spot-up shooter, though. Because we saw, I mean, last year, I mean, yes, there were times where Rubio shot like three for four from three. And then there were other times where he wouldn't shoot the ball because he missed his first two. And then, it like, with him... And his shooting, like, he is he is how he is. Um, Patrick Beverly has that never-stop-shooting mentality. I love that mentality to an extent with my sports teams. Correct. <laughs> I love it more for how you and I played gunfight last night. Yeah, never stop correct. Shooting. Anyways, uh, that's beside the point. But exactly. The point is just, like, we need more Confidence. complimentary and confident players on the floor playing we, next we to We need D-Lo our role players to be confident. Yeah. That's just a fact. Every Like, look at the good NBA teams. The role players are super confident. Like, fuck the Lakers, but bring up the Lakers for a second. Their bench is filled up with vet minimums who could have signed for more money other places, who throughout their previous careers, like Dwight Howard, hmm, won a, or made it to the finals, and then like was in the MVP talks, was considered one of the best bigs, like on par or like on pace to be one of the best bigs ever. Obviously, that's fallen off because we realize, hey, he's, he's just kind of a goofball. He doesn't have it mentally. But you know what? He was really good. You don't think he's he's pretty confident out there with the Lakers? And look at other players too that they have Rondo, who I think at this point is just content with sleeping at the Staples Center and just waking up and putting on whatever jersey he feels like that day. So he's going to be a Laker again this year, and again was a great role player when they won the championship. Brings that veteran presence, brings a lot of swagger and confidence when he's out there running the floor. And uh, Marcus Gasol, Marcus Gasol, 
yeah. like defensive player of the year. I don't remember what year it was, but whatever year it was, like he he's he's been so good. It's good teams. Their benches are filled with veterans who have a ton of confidence. Correct. So it's good that we're acquiring one this offseason. Like, again, not like a big showtime trade or anything like that. And again, the Torian Prince one on its own isn't great. But when you combine these two, it's fine. I'm I'm excited to just see how they work with our team because I don't want I don't want Culver. I don't well, want Ernan Gomez have, on my team. If I can have Patrick Beverly instead. We have, like, complimentary pieces that make sense. Like And Culver, by the way, could have made sense. Yes. But... No, that could have been a development from our team kind of standpoint, which I'm sure it probably was. I hope he goes out and finds success because he has a lot of great potential mm-hmm. and great and gifts. So. Everyone says this dude is a great dude. I don't want to wish anything but the best for him. However, on our team, the way everything is, it made more sense for us to cut ties and say, here you go, you know, Grizzlies, take this young dude. You know, like, I'm sure they're, I don't know. He was a negative trade asset, essentially. Like, it's just, it sucks. And, you know, they're willing to take a chance on him. Good. I hope he, I hope he flourishes. Now, do I think he's ever going to be... Honestly, really, do I ever think he's going to be as good as Patrick Beverly? No. But Patrick Beverly had, uh, so far, a decently long, productive NBA career. Mm-hmm. I guess... Okay, so, so let's talk about the pieces we sent out, obviously. Um, so, losing Rubio, I, you know, I get it. It makes sense. We got a player who fits better in Prince. Um, and then we also got a, a pick for it as well, which is... It's not completely irrelevant because... If you, I mean, there's a lot of times you can package two second round picks and move into the back end of the first. I feel like we you know made who we that trade with the 27th pick two years ago in the draft. Palmaro. No, he's the 24th. Oh, no, McDaniel's. Oh yeah, yeah. Duh. I mean, I'm sorry. If we can get another McDaniel's somewhere or at a different position, it, that's the better thing to get. So having second round picks is not completely useless. Um, and then on the other with the other trade, we got rid of Wancho, who wasn't going to be in our rotation. We just traded for an, like a semi upgrade in uh, Prince, and then. He was also unhappy. Like that's another that's another whole topic thing too. Um, I wanted to real quick. Uh, the draft did happen. Wolves have zero news. We didn't have any picks. Nope. Not surprising that we didn't make a draft selection. Although there was some buzz on the night of the draft that the Wolves might try to trade back into the back into the first. Obviously, what we were going to trade to get to that spot, no one knows. Um, they didn't do it ultimately. Whoever wanted it was asking for too much, whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, which I'm I'm fine with. We got Balmaro and McDaniel's last year and Edwards. Like we we got a good haul of all people signs. And all signs are currently that Balmero is going to sign his deal before training camp starts or anything, which doesn't start for another like two or three weeks or whatever. So like he hasn't signed yet, and that is part of the offseason. We want to get him under contract or sign it so that his deal starts now, and we know hey he's a part of our team next year because as it currently sits, we have two point guards on roster, and Jalen Noel is our is our third point guard currently. Now I've heard from a couple different sources, not sources, but a couple different areas or whatever where that Jordan McLaughlin is unlikely to sign anywhere else because of cap situations and their own point card situ- or their own point card you know situations I guess so he's likely to come back on a vet min uh and then we're also waiting on Vando so Vando hasn't signed however John Krasinski said in an interview or in an article or something I can't remember what specifically he's likely or he's coming back it's just they're kind of working out whether he's going to sign a multi-year deal this year or if he potentially wants to bet on himself actually and sign the qualifying offer because he is a restricted free agent next year would be an unrestricted free agent he can demand more money as long as he's able to produce this year which i mean the way he came on last year i don't see why not and not to say he's gonna get like you know like 15 mil a season but like he could be he could be fighting for that like i don't know all the exception terms but like the the one below the mid-level whatever it's like the room floor exception or something like that it's got they got weird names 
well, if he can just take that next step up and become like a Clint Capella type player, you know, somebody that's out there and is kind of anchoring the defense he and anchoring the rebounding. He's not nearly that good of a Clint Capella is an amazing rebounder. He led the league in rebounds for game last. I know he is, but Vando has like motor and drive, and yeah. I think he has like an ability to get somewhere near there. I don't, I don't think he's the next Clint Capella by yeah. any means, or worth 15 mil a season after this. But you never know. Capella resigned though. I think he's getting like 18 yeah. after this extension. Which is yeah. good for him. He's a uh-huh. good player. And exactly. He was a huge part of that. That's the ceiling I would like to see Vando try to go towards. Yeah. But um, Yeah, so that's it for draft and then, like, the pending free agents we have. Yep. Um, yeah, as far as Balmaro goes, too, I'm excited to see what he brings in terms of utility and just being another role player to add next year. Because well, um, he he's so young. He's 19. Yeah, and a potential defensive player as well. Yep. Where, I mean, if he can develop or continue to develop because like over the last two years, his three point shot has gotten better. Mm-hmm. However, FIBA does have different, uh, a different three point line. I think, don't they? Like it's not the Maybe. NBA's threes. Um, so I think it's, it, it has to translate. Like, you know, it's, it's not hundred percent rate that's going to translate, but, and his, his, um, off ball defense isn't great, but his on ball defense is yeah. really, really solid, especially given his height. Um, and just his build, he can guard like the one through maybe the four even. Like he's pretty tall, he's pretty lanky. I would um, he want looks him guarding the four, but in the switch situation, yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. Because what is he six eight, six seven? No, I think he's listed at six six, six five or six six. Gotcha, gotcha. Which now are you done talking about Balmero? I think so. Okay, I want to transition <laughs> this now for now. We're now we're gonna go full Wolves hype mode. Yeah. Who else is six six now? Ant Edwards. The man grew two inches over the summer. No, no, no. Since he was drafted. So he was drafted and measured pre-draft at six foot four. He's since grown two inches, according to Finch, right? Or was that Rosas who said that? One of the two. I think it was Finch. Y'all can't see it, but I got a big grin on my face. (laughs) Apparently adding two inches excites a guy. (laughs) I'm sure it does. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that, I mean, honestly, that is interesting because... He's now not Donovan Mitchell's size, which means him playing at the three is not a liability at all. Nope. Not that it like really was at six foot four, because he's got a bit of a thicker profile than you know than, than Donovan Mitchell would use him, for example. Um, you know, his shoulders are pretty broad. He's not gonna like once he's filled out fully, which is still like four he's years like away. He's like outside linebacker size now. Yeah. Um, anyways though, when he's at six four, he he wasn't gonna get pushed around by too many small forwards. No. But now it's like I mean, you said it when you were, like, half joking, but, like, he could play power forward in some lineups. Mm-hmm. We could go small and have him at the four. Now, we wouldn't well, – he wouldn't play the four or whatever because it'd be four wings or well, it'd be, like, D'Lo and four wings but and still. Cat. Or three wings, sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. D'Lo, three wings, and Cat. And it's like, yeah, no, that could that could work. But – how, how how tall is uh, Okogi? Like, 6'5". But he's – his legs – he has Draymond Green's legs. Yeah. So, it helps him a lot. Uh-huh. But again, you could see him out there guarding some fours. It's not ideal, but like, yeah. again, if you're trying to run small, but still have some defense and some thickness, but not trying to sacrifice um, athleticism, then that's what you run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's, interesting because Cat being six or Cat Ant being six foot six, it just like it changes potentially the 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 lineups you can have around him if you want to have him as your centerpiece or whatever or how he can fit around Cat and D'Lo. Or, or what we whatever. saw randomly, too, and I'm sure we'll experiment with this a few possessions a game where we just give the ball to Ant and the ball's in his hands and oh, he's for sure creating. for sure we will. And so then it's like, well, then what kind of mismatches are you going to be able to get off of that, mm-hmm. especially given his newfound height? So well, I'm like, excited. I- I'm going to be honest here. That is going to have zero effect on his like quickness, his burst. He's no. still going to be what he was last year. Yep. And then 
it's just like, okay, you're going to put a slower, smaller forward on him, or you're going to put a smaller sh- shooting guard on him. Mm-hmm. Great. Or he runs pick and roll, and then it's like, oh, you're going to have cat screen for him? Oh, guess what that does? It's impossible. Good luck. That's- no, granted, he has to be performing at peak, obviously, because... Correct. Correct. Um, um, but but he's for sure going to get the ball, because he is our rim attacker. Like, D'Lo can get there and do some crafty stuff, and kind of, like, it's not really finish at the rim, and it's floaters and weird, like, you know, shot put shots mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but, like... It's, he's the guy who's like, no, he's going to put pressure on the rim. He's going to go for dunks. He's going to get fouled. He's going to shoot free throws. And that's what you want. You want someone on your team that can do that. Well, and when the Jazz had Conley off the floor and they had Mitchell on the floor still and Gobert, that's kind of what they did. They would just do pick and roll with Gobert and Mitchell. With the, um, with What's different, though, is Mitchell is, is a very good ball handler. Correct. I don't think Ant is a very good ball handler. He's good, no, whatever. He's, he's fine enough to run pick and roll. Yeah. I don't think he's good enough to be as good of a playmaker either as uh, Mitchell, but you can still get kind of the same effect. Honestly, to like go player comp. You're running a good two-man pick-and-roll game that's yeah. very offensive firepowered. To so. go player comp um, of a player when they were young in their career, Paul George, when he was like in his first yeah. three years, wasn't an amazing ball hunter, but he was good enough. And Correct. you just want people attacking, and that's what, that's what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say Ant is going to turn into Paul George because he's going to be better because he won't choke in the playoffs. <laughs> gotcha. and, and McDaniels is modeling his game after Paul George, apparently. No, so. he's not. He's Ben Simmons with the jump shot. Yeah, probably. Now, granted, his playmaking isn't nearly as good, but like his defense could develop to be better. He you could know? grow two inches, too. He doesn't have to grow two inches. He doesn't need to be six foot ten to be considered Ben Simmons. Come on now. <laughs> player height isn't exact. You don't have to have exact to your player comp. No, no. Um, but yeah. So I guess that's it for my Ant little. Mini, mini rant, I guess. That's um, ex- well, and I'm just excited to see that next leap he took because that post All Star break leap he took was insane. Wait, I guess so, I'm not done talking about Ant. We're so never, we're never done. One one thing to factor in that as well. Uh, how long was the off season last year for one Anthony Edwards? Like damn near non-existent. Yeah. Why don't he gets this year a full off season? Mm-hmm. One also one thing he did he played for Team USA on their select team, which is just good for a building player relationships. So hey, mm-hmm. maybe down the road he uh, he goes. Who else is on the select team? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Hey, you want to come play here where I'm the where I'm the centerpiece now, potentially? Yep. Or, hey, you want to come play with with Cat, me, and whether Deal is here or not? Like, yep. cool. Like, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Because that literally happens from that or from Team USA basketball. Mm-hmm. It does. People can say it doesn't. But it does. So, yeah. Anyways, um, probably not done talking about Ant, but I'm done talking about Ant for now. Yeah, yeah, for now. We can talk about J-Mac and Jalen Noel. They both did Summer League. They both performed pretty well. Not amazingly. They also I didn't, didn't have I didn't get hype. to watch any of the Summer Games so th- or Summer League games, so this is all on you. Well, thanks you actually to, got to go to I was going to say, thanks to Joe and T-Rex, uh, I got to go to the... It was... They flew... So we went to the... We went to it on Friday. They flew out on Saturday, and they had their first game on Sunday. Gotcha. Um, it was a stupid scrimmage, and it literally, literally they were, like, were keeping score right, because, like, every quarter of the score just reset, and, like, the teams were slightly changed, and it was just weird, and then, like, they do drills in between quarters and stuff, and, like, I just don't know. We were just BSing the whole time. Like a weird training camp day kind of thing going on, almost. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and then, so, also, during, during the drills in the game, the dude narrating it, like, because... It was the coach who left a day later and took a deal with with the Wizards. Yeah, it's kind of funny because he's like he's the summer league coach and like I'll oh, just let you let you see him get his face out there. And then, yeah, yeah. And then he goes and leaves the Wolves a day later and it's like oh I'm, I'm with Washington now. Peace out. Man, the life of a coach has got to be pretty strange yeah. when stuff like that happens. Well, he took yeah he took a better position. Yeah, um, yeah. He, like moved up Can't a spot on the him. bench. I think he was our uh, third coach or something technically for us. Now he's their second, so he's their assistant. We're talking about summer league, J Mac. Oh yeah. Uh, um. So. One thing oh, wow. that, that I liked, and I, like, so I was reading the like the essentially the 
or whatever, the write-ups after the games, and we were running the offense through McDaniels, which is good because he, like, last year before the season, or, like, during the season, we didn't run an offense for him. In the summer league, we did. We're like, prove yourself. Prove that you can do and be better than you were last year. Be Have a larger role in the offense because if, you know, this is obviously paraphrasing based off of what I saw and what I read, if you want to be a big part of this team, you have to prove and earn that bigger part. Mm-hmm. You have to prove why we should why we should have that. If you want to be our starting power forward, essentially, this make it make it count. And I saw some highlights on the Wolves sub subreddit um, from him having some nice plays of creating for himself, creating his own shot. He had a buzzer beater at one point. I think was that to win a game or was it a, a halftime? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which is great. I love to see those little clips and those moments of players actually showing off the the work that they're putting in in the mm-hmm. summer. Um, another another couple things from summer league. So uh, Jalen Noel was our primary ball handler for a decent chunk of the time because they're like, hey, like we kind of we kind of need to force you to play more point guard because we only have two on roster currently. Um, or actually, technically, it was only one at the time. Um, so he he got more ball in his hands. Um, watching him in that scrimmage, actually, that dude on that catch and shoot is so confident. He knows it's going in, whether it does or not, doesn't matter. He's very confident. Um, I could see his role expanding. Um, also, he potentially is a trade chip to add to something um, to make money work out or whatever if we were to make a trade down the road. Uh, and then also our two two-way players. I, It's McKinley something or something, and then it's uh, Nathan Knight. McKinley Wright and Nathan McKinley Knight. McKinley Wright and Nathan Knight. Yeah. Um, Nathan Knight is going to – he's going to be on this roster. Um, I honestly think point. if we – no, like he should be very, very quickly – um, he's like he's already a good, going to be a good NBA player. Like I know when I say good, I mean like he's going to hang on to a team. Yeah. So if we force him down and like, hey, you're only going to play on the G League, he's going to be pissed next year and he will not be back. Mm-hmm. And if we bring him up and we get him spot minutes, and eventually I think his role will increase. I didn't see, so I read somewhere that Whose he minutes is he taking over then? Vandos. Yeah. At the four. Yeah. Or Nas at the four slash five. Um. Now, I, I read somewhere that he had, might have a little bit of range. I didn't see that displayed at all. Uh, but he was a good rebounder, and he's a finisher, and he's tough and aggressive. And granted, this is against Summer League people, but last year he was on the Hawks, and he was playing non-meaningful minutes for a good club, though. Like, he was playing in the fourth quarter every once at the end of the season. He hung on. He was he was playing minutes, getting you know, playing time. So he has NBA experience. Um, and then McKinley Wright, uh, Minnesota kid, went to whatever, Colorado State or something like that. Defensively, he was doing some things out there, and then there's also this dude, uh, whatever something Miller. He was the exact same, like literally the same player, except for Miller time flash because he had way <laughs> more dunks. And yes, Joe, Joe called him Miller time at the little preseason thingy. Um, he had a, I think he had a cool dunk there too. That's why he called him that. I wish I would have got to watch more summer league because I there was a lot of hype in the subreddit from you guys as well talking about both of these players. So I'm excited to see if they get brought up and see what kind of minutes they get. Well, I mean. I don't know I if McKinley think, Wright will. I think Nathan Knight will, and I hope McKinley Wright doesn't because I want our point guard depth to not be uh, an issue so this huge, year. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's when D'Lo goes out and misses a week or something with a you know sprained foot or something like that. You know, it's like he's gonna he's gonna be on the bench then, yep. and then he's gonna be he's gonna be in that McLaughlin role, and then Beverly steps up to start. McLaughlin steps up into the two or you know second point guard, and then spot minutes for him. So you just hope it's not too much because I don't want point guard injuries because. If our point cards are out, then we're screwed. Well, let's transition into what we think the season's going to be then if we're fully healthy. Speaking of health, um, 
I honestly think we could gun for the eighth or seventh seed in the West if everything goes right. So they're I doing the playing tournament. Play in tournament. They're doing the playing tournament again yeah. this year. So seven or eight, you're still in the playing tournament. Correct. But you're but you're then hosting the seven games. through ten. I don't think is unrealistic at all. No, it's not. Obviously, and getting more towards that seventh seed, we need things to be go more right. No, for us. I, dude, if things go perfect for the Wolves, we could be in the sixth seed. And I'm not, I, I not think exaggerating. So too, and I, I don't think that's like bias or exaggeration. I just, I think it's protective mechanisms. I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Well, so I put them out there. Part of the reason I want to say that is Golden State. Why are they going to be better this year than last year? No Can injuries. You explain it? Well, players but, coming back from injuries or just they aren't getting clay, they're getting clay back till after Christmas. Really. For sure. Oh, and they're saying New Year. They're saying not till after the New Year. Oh, I didn't know that. So you're talking about missing two months of the season? Two and a half? Mm-hmm. Why is... So what, what about that team is better? Because they have more rookies? They have young players they don't really want to play because they're a veteran-laden team? They brought back Iggy? Like, oh, yeah, Iggy's good now. Oh, wait, no, he sucks. He hasn't been good for four years. <laughs> His last two years with them was not, like, impressive by any means. That's um, true. Steph's a year older. That means he gets better, right? Oh, no, it doesn't, typically. Typically. So just to just automatically assume they're going to be a top three team in the West, it's not fair because they aren't going to have Clay for the full season, and they don't know what they're going to have with Clay for the full season when they get him back. Like, I hope the best for them, and I for for Clay specifically, and for the whole team, because the league's more fun when Steph Curry is relevant. So I want to see them play. But first. even looking at other teams that I think or I know that will be better than like OKC, I think we we'll, we could definitely be better than Portland this OKC's year. OKC's but but even we'll even look at other teams too: San Antonio, Houston, Nola. We're, we can be better than all three of those teams easily. We're better than Houston already. Memphis. I think we're better Memphis than too. NOLA. I think we're better than San Antonio. I really yeah. do. We could be better than Memphis? Yeah, we should be. <laughs> um, and then for us to proceed further, what happens if LeBron like pulls his quad again or whatever happened to him last year? Pulls his groin? Yeah. So what if he misses two months of the season? Is LA that good? Now, we'll see. I think they are because you, Russell Westbrook is fully capable of putting a team on his back for, for sure. in the regular season for like 10, 15, 20 Especially games. Especially with Anthony Davis right next yeah. to him. The so. problem is, what if Russell gets injured because he hasn't played a full season in a while? What if Anthony Davis gets injured because he also hasn't played a full season in a while? So say the Lakers get knocked down. You know, that's just a couple extra wins potentially for us. I'm not saying we're going to beat the Lakers in the standings. I'm not. No, but then you look at all the teams that were in the playoffs last year, and it's like, who are the locks in the West outside of that? It's like you have you have both L.A. teams. You have Denver and probably the uh, Jazz, I'd say, is a lock for the playoffs. The Jazz and the Mavs, right? I don't think the Mavs. Are, why are the Mavs a lock? Because of Luka. They're not a lock for the playoffs. I think they, <laughs> they could barely be. got the sixth seed last year. And they only, yeah, they only they got can... it because the Lakers got injured at but the end of the even, season. But even them hovering around that spot, like I don't, I don't see them moving too much. We'll see. But we'll see. What if we take a jump and Golden State's? I mean, Golden yeah, State's going to be contending. Exactly. There's, a so lot there's of, two teams. There's up. A lot of stuff that could get shuffled around. It'll just why, be kind of. Why up. can't a team with only Luka Doncic on it? Why? Why would they? Or why are they guaranteed a playoff spot? Because they're a not. Messy muck yeah. of a situation. Which is which is fun for teams in that muck, especially Guess. for teams coming up from the bottom. You know, we're just like, yeah, um, oh yeah, another lock team. See, I don't know if you said or not, Phoenix. Oh yeah, duh, duh. But that's but are those are those are probably teams? like your top four seeds. Oh, and by again, the way, no, maybe not, not both LA locks, teams. But like... Not both LA teams. The Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi for the whole year. Oh, that's, pretty much. That's right. So like, any injury to okay. Paul George? Okay. Or oh, I keep forgetting about these injuries. Reggie Jackson. Any injury to Paul George? Reggie Jackson. Like I'm sorry, but there goes your good ball handlers. Yep. That's a big hit for them if they lose one of them. The West is. Shaping up for some dark horses. Odd. Yeah, it's deceptively odd coming Some up. dark wolves. Oh, and also, remember this thing that's still going on? It's been going on for like almost two years now. Uh, COVID-19. COVID. <laughs> Can definitely change everything. Delta variant out there, which I I hope 
the NBA season is not. Cat's got immunity. And I'm pretty sure our team is fully vaccinated. That's good, but I just hope no team's affected by it. I want a full season of real NBA. Not last year where, like, players were just missing a week randomly. And, like, and I mean, obviously not randomly. They got, they were either close contact or whatever it ends up being. Like, I just want it to play normal. I want normalcy with my sports. Realistically, though, I think we are fighting. I think we're probably that 10th or 9th for that. We're in that play-in seed. Um, with a definite chance to win, depending on who we're playing. I mean, matchups are going to matter, obviously. Um, it, it's an interesting outlook, potentially. Um, plus, if and this is so stupid, but like, if everyone on the roster plays and they're, we're healthy for most of the year, say we only miss 10 games total from our from our big three. That's not unrealistic. No. It's not necessarily like what's going to happen. It's realistic, though, looking yeah, at it. because they're all young players so yep. far. So we played... What were we technically last year? Two games above 500 with our big three yeah. at the end of the year? Yeah. If we're two games above 500 at the end of the year, we're we're battling for the sixth seed. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, because that puts you at 42 and 40. 42 and 40 is, I mean, it's not always, but, like, the way last year shook out, like, teams were. West, that's good. Yeah. Well, because, like, the sixth seed was, West, the sixth seed was, like, 44 and 38 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the 10th seed was, like, four, or was 39 or whatever and 43 or something. So, like, that's not that much different. Mm-mm. But, yeah, so I'm definitely, definitely excited for this year. I I'm can't very wait to watch excited. more games. I'm very excited. Each I'm counting down the days. I think we're at 40-ish days now, 41, 42, something like that. And that's season, not preseason. All right. Um, Do you have any other – or wait. Okay, so actually, no, one other thing I want to add. So this is assuming no other trades are made. What kind of outlook do you do you think we have – for if we were to acquire one Ben Simmons. I think it only gets better, right? Because I'm assuming oh, we, yeah. we... I mean, that's obvious, but... I, so, no, so no matter what, if we trade D'Lo, like, who's a better player right now? D'Angelo Russell or Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. Yes. So we, we're still upgrading the team. Well, we're not losing firepower by any means. Yes, D'Lo's a great uh, offensively skilled player, but Ben Simmons can play make like the best of them, and... Our defense gets so much better, like 180. And one. Well, see, here's the thing. So, like, I'm I, assuming. Well, if if D'Lo goes, we might be able to keep Everly. Um, yeah, potentially. Which then again, like our our guard lineup is very different. The bigger the bigger thing though that I've heard is if D'Lo gets traded or is involved in this trade, we like 99.9 percent are keeping McDaniel's. Yeah, that's true. Like, so, I'm not giving up. You get one. Yeah. You don't get both. Yep. Which is great. Yes. Keeping Ant, keeping... Well, Ant's untouchable. Cat's untouchable in this trade. We've said D'Lo is. D'Lo's not untouchable, but D'Lo is hard to, hard to get away. Hard to pry away. Correct. Correct. Uh, but no, if we were to make that trade, because I think we've had a regular season team than playoff team, I think we could be fighting for the f- 4 or 5 seed. Probably probably realistically the 5-6. Yep. But like we're guaranteed... Not guaranteed, because nothing's guaranteed, obviously. Don't take my words as real words, <laughs> listeners. But we're like guaranteed playing. We're guaranteed for seven sure. or eight for sure. Fighting, hopefully for to get out of it. Yeah. Well, no. Hopefully, hopefully we're fighting to, to not be or to. We're hopefully we're fighting at the five seed to not slip any that's, further down. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then we have. I just want to phrase one it differently player. so it's a more positive outlook. Yeah. But then you have a player like Ben Simmons who can guard the best player on any team in the West. Yep. And guess what? The West has a lot of very good wing players slash scorers. Uh huh. Like, honestly, one matchup I would actually love to see. No, I obviously would love to see it as a Wolves fan. But I would love to see a matchup in the playoffs is because that's the whole series. So we get to see adjustments. 
Luca against Ben Simmons. Ooh, because yeah. like Luca's got yeah. length on everyone who's guarding him normally. Uh-huh. Not if you put Ben Simmons on him. Yeah, <laughs> then Ben Simmons has length on him. What are you gonna do? That step back ain't quite as effective when you got a six foot ten guy guarding. That's you. true. That would be a fun series. Exactly. And I'm hoping the that's Timberwolves... when that kind of favors us. I I think that really favors us if uh if we get that trade pulled off. There's a lot of trade or a lot of matchups that favor us. In a, in a seven-game series, we have to be able to adjust and get Simmons involved in the offense correctly. But yeah, so with Ben Simmons, though, I'm thinking we're, you know, the seven seed almost locked in. Just because there's going to be fit issues right away. You have to figure out how to play. And that actually would be a good test for Finch. I think Finch is a good coach, but changing, I mean, granted, he already kind of changed it up on the floor. No, he didn't, I guess. Whatever. Anyways, though, I'll change up like that because that can't happen until the season starts, technically, with the, you have to wait 60 days until after a player traded. What's 60 days from August 25th? I don't know if we're going to send out both. Mid-October, early November, by the time it probably gets all said and done, if we pull it right away. But, yeah, it'd be exciting. I think you'd be able to do something crazy um, in terms of just, like, balancing our offense, getting Simmons to fit. Really what we could do is just run the ball through Cat more. That's what we're, we did at the end. When he took over as coach, that's what we started doing more. Not that Finch – not that Finch – not that uh, Saunders didn't do that – he didn't do that enough, though. All right. Um, I think that's all I got. You know, anything else you want to add? No. All the questions I had typed up in my notes, we answered. So, Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I kinetic, psychokinetically or whatever the heck it's called. We're back. Yeah. I just knew what your questions were, and I yeah. just brought them up. It's like we didn't even miss a whole month and a half of recording. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right. Well. Do you remember the sign-off? Has it been that long? No. Jeez. You're, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I was gonna. I already forgot. I was gonna say something else. I was kind of witty to let you maybe add a sign off of your own, but now I don't remember what I was say. So I'll have one for the regular season. So screw you. Stay classy, San. Not you, San Diego, but stay classy, San Diego. Screw Greg. You hear that, fans? Straight out of Minneapolis. You hear the hate he's dishing out to you? <laughs> well, the fans aren't in San Diego. Well, maybe there's some. I doubt it. We're a little small at the time. They'll come. If you build it, they will come. House of KG. Ooh. <laughs> Now that's a good sign-off. Anyways, I already said the sign-off. Peace. Generic sign-off. Peace.